Good morning, and uh, happy Mother's Day to all the moms, and, uh, and today is a wonderful day. Uh, Mother's Day has been an American holiday since 1914, uh, when Woodrow, President Woodrow Wilson uh, made it a national holiday. But the president who had the best quote uh, uh, for mothers was President Abraham Lincoln. Honest Abe said, the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. And, uh, and I think that's true because mothers have so much influence on us, more than probably anyone else. At least across the board, our moms influence us more than anyone else. And so today is your special day to honor you, to, to uh, bless you, to say thank you, because we know that there are so many good moms here, and we want you to just know that you are love today. But God knows that not everyone here has had a great mom. And uh, we'd have our head in the sand if, if we thought that everyone here was a great mom. The reality is that no mom is perfect. And, uh, and all of us, all of us, moms or dads or, or everyone else, has made mistakes. The good news is we've got the grace of God and to honor our moms or our moms and our dads, as the Bible commands us to, is the Lord's will. And so today we want to say, God, give us strength to honor and to love all of our women, all of our moms uh, together, so that uh, they are blessed as you would have them to be blessed. Proverbs 31 is a great passage for today. Proverbs 31 talks about the, what it calls the noble woman. The ideal woman. And so today we're going to look at Proverbs 31, and we're going to look at that as a way of just highlighting these things in our moms and in our, in our women that we know that are worth exalting and encouraging and praising. And also just we're looking at this passage to inspire moms to be godly moms, but also to inspire all of us to live with faithfulness to the Lord. So Proverbs 31, uh, and we'll read this together. Proverbs 31, and I'm going to start in verse 10. It says, uh, A wife of noble character who can find. She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. Her husband doesn't lack anything of value because he's got a good wife. Amen. Uh, she brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. Okay, now I want to jump down to verse 25. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her works have done, and let her works bring her praise at the city gates. And so this is what we're seeking to do today. We're seeking to honor our moms. We're seeking to encourage children to a arise and bless their moms. Husbands also praise her. And that is what we're, we are seeking to do today. So let's go before the Lord in, in prayer. Father God, as we have read your word now, I pray that you would open it up. 
Give us the eyes to see. Help us to have faith. Help us to receive whatever it is that you would have for us today. And God, I pray that you would speak to us. God, may you just be our teacher. I just offer myself to you, and, and I pray that these would be your words. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In this passage, uh, in this sermon series, uh, Family Church, we are talking about what it really means to be a family church. It's a church that supports one another and loves one another. It's a church that gets to know one another and, come along, and comes alongside of one another to help each other in our difficulties, to rejoice with one another in our joys. We want to be together. We want to love each other well. Now, one of the ways that we can be a family church is we can support families because families have their own unique challenges and burdens, right? I think every generation that's probably true, but that seems especially true for the generation that, are, that is being brought up right now. And this generation has challenges that, are, that, are, that feel unique to my generation. When I was growing up, it felt like the message, for the most part, that I would receive at home and then at church and then at school was, was basically the same message. The message I heard on sexuality or morality, it was all in line. That's definitely not the truth today. Our children are getting messages from all over the place, and it's hard. This is, a, this is a challenging environment. And I don't want to say that every message coming from every direction is terrible, but I do want us to be clear-eyed about the fact that the culture around us is less and less Christian and more and more opposed to God and to, and to faith in God. And so I'm not trying to overstate things, but I would say that this is an growing more and more so all the time an anti-Christian environment that we are living in. And so how are parents to navigate these times? How are they to bring their children up if this is such a difficult environment? Well, as I look around and see what Christian parents are doing today, I think there's three primary pr approaches that are being taken for how to raise kids in this anti-Christian environment. And I'll represent each of one of these with an animal, okay? So this will help it to sink in and be memorable. But the first animal, the first way that uh, parent, Christian parents are seeking to bring their kids up is the musk oxen. Okay, the musk oxen, I think that's like a, close to a yak or something, I'm not sure. But here's the reason I bring it up, because this is their approach to danger. When the musk oxen uh, sense danger, they take the kids, they take the, uh, the young musk oxen and put them in the center, and then they make a circle like this. And each of them faces out. And, uh, and that's what I think a lot of Christian parents do today. They, they make a holy huddle for their kids. And, uh, and they don't want their kids to experience anything that's outside of a, a certain bubble. And so they'll make sure they don't have too many non-Christian friends, make sure they get, are always in a good environment, that they're going to hear the right message. That's the approach of the musk oxen. The second approach that I see a lot of Christians taking today is that of the possum. Now, isn't that a wonderful picture? Uh, you you want to be grossed out. There's your gross out picture for the day. 
Now, what does a possum do uh, when uh, a possum senses danger? They play dead, right? And I think that's what a lot of Christian parents do today, too. Play dead. Let's pretend like nothing's wrong. We're just going to ignore what's going on. Uh, you, 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 don't, you don't help your kids out, understand that what's going on here. In fact, if you, you might even tell them, hey, if you hear anything different at school or, or, or at someone's house that is different than what we're telling you at home or at church, you know, just, just ignore it. Pretend like nothing's wrong. Play dead. And I think that's how a lot of Christian parents are handling this difficult time. We take the approach of the possum. Now, the third approach is the cornered dog. The cornered dog is angry. The cornered dog, uh, whenever it feels a threat, it, it gets its teeth out. It's snarling. It's ready to attack. And a lot of Christian parents today are red-hot mad. And if they feel threatened in any way, they're ready to attack. And, uh, and so these are three common approaches that I see in our, in our world today. The, the, the musk oxen, the, the possum, and the, and the cornered dog. Now, when I look at those three approaches, I'm not sure that any of them really holds up to what we see here in Proverbs 31. In Proverbs 31, 25, it says, She is clothed with dignity and strength, she can laugh at the days to come. Do any of those uh, three approaches represent clothed with dignity and strength, laughing at the days to come? I don't think so. The, 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 the cornered dog definitely is not uh, displaying dignity. The dead possum has no strength, and the musk oxen, he doesn't look like he's laughing at days to come. Uh, none of these approaches... I don't think none of these approaches are ideal. In fact, uh, when we think of the, the, the environment that we are in, we recognize, I think we, we, we gravitate to th these three things because we recognize it's difficult. In fact, I don't know how you do uh, verse 25 where it says, we laugh at the days to come in this environment. I don't know how you do that uh, uh, when, when the world seems so hostile to our faith. Like, my normal reaction is to fret, to worry, to be sad, to, to grieve the world that we are in. How do you laugh at days to come for parents in this environment? I think there is only one way you can laugh at days to come if you are a parent in, in this environment, and that is if you have full confidence that God is in control. If you've got faith that Jesus in your child is greater than the world around them, then you can laugh at the days to come. If you, have, if you, uh, if you know that Jesus still sits on the throne, even though this world feels like it's spiraling out of control sometimes, then you can laugh at the days to come. You see, if, if we want to be Christian parents that have dignity, that have strength, that can laugh at the days to come, we're going to have to find a fourth option. Not, these three aren't going to work. And here's the fourth option that, that I want to be uh, put forth. We as Christian parents in this environment, we, we need to adopt the position of a shepherd. 
That, that's who we want to be. Moms and dads today, we want to be shepherds. You see, a shepherd who uh, is watching over his sheep uh, is not ignorant about the fact that there are wolves and there are predators out there that want to attack the sheep. But the shepherd is wise to be able to know how to guide the sheep in, into the green pastures. And lead them into the, to the, along the quiet waters. The shepherd is not ignorant to know when a, when a storm is on the horizon. And we can say there's not only storms on the horizon. They're, they're, they're brewing and they're, and they're pouring down rain all around us at times. You know, our kids are, it's a difficult world. We're not ignorant about these things. But the shepherd knows how to guide his or her sheep into the right on the right paths and into the right places as parents we need to know how to guide our kids and what are the paths that we're going to lead our kids down it's it's the ways of god it's life with god the green pasture is the kingdom of god that is where we want our kids to live we want to guide and direct them uh, to, uh, to those type of places we want to teach them how to live with jesus we want to teach them to understand that the best life possible is a life that is lived with and for Jesus. That's how we want to shepherd our kids. We want to help our kids understand who they are in light of who God says they are, that they are a child of God, that they are loved by God. Even when they screw up, God is faithful because he cannot deny himself. He will, he'll draw alongside of them and he'll forgive them. We want to guide our kids into those kind of ways. We want to teach them not only what to do, we want to teach them why to do it. We want to help, the, we want to help their character be formed so that they live out Christian values even when we're not around. So you see, that's the, that's the image that we want to have. We want to be uh, shepherds. In a sense, what we are trying to do is we are trying to emulate our parent, our Heavenly Father, who is a shepherd to us. Jesus said in John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. And, we're, and, I, and every mom here, every dad here, knows that being a good parent requires sacrifice. Right? We sacrifice. And even Amanda mentioned this this morning. Sometimes you just feel like you get lost in motherhood. Or, or, I, or I suppose fatherhood as well. We, we get lo- There's sacrifice... And, uh, and yet we want to be able to guide our kids in the ways that they should go. So, if for all the parents who want to be shepherds, I want to give seven pieces of advice this morning. Uh, well, actually, let me back up one more time. Before I move on to that, I just want us to notice there's two places that I see the parent as a shepherd in Psalm 31. Verse 26, it says... Uh, that she speaks wisdom and faithful instruction. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction. I think that's being a shepherd. Verse 27, she watches over the affairs of her household. Watches over, she guards, she, she shepherds the affairs of her household. So now seven pieces of advice for parents who want to shepherd their kids well. Number one, know and teach that there is no secular sacred divide. Okay, you understand what I mean by that? Know and teach that there is no secular and sacred divide. In other words, this is a sacred activity. We got church, we got Bible reading, we got prayers, and now this over here is a secular activity. Uh, This is just done without God. You have to know 
that there is no, there is no area as Christians that, are, that is not governed by the Lord and where God is not present. If we try to divide these things up, then our kids will no, see the hypocrisy and they won't see the faith as, as uh, real and something that they want to live out. Know and teach that there is no secular, sacred divide. We want to teach our kids to love God in all things. When Jesus was asked what was the greatest commandment, what did he say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Now, if you, go, now if you look that up, the command in the Old Testament is Deuteronomy 6.5, and right after that verse, this is what it says. I want to uh, read verses 6 and 7 uh, together. These commandments that I give you are to be on your hearts. As parents, we want these commandments to be on our hearts. Impress them on your children. How do you impress them on your children? Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and you get up. You see, that's tearing down the secular sacred divide because all things are sacred. All activities are spiritual. We have every opportunity to teach our kids how to love the Lord and to live with the Lord. I grew up on a farm. You know where I learned to be a Christian? I learned to be a Christian while scooping out pig pens and planting corn. That's where I learned how to be a Christian because... That's what my dad taught me. We had conversations. That's where I was discipled, so to speak. Now, I don't know if that was intentional. That, was, that happened because my dad knew that there was no secular sacred divide. Everything was a spiritual activity. So that is uh, advice point number one. Number two is have a passion for your kid's faith. I see parents with a passion for all kinds of things today passion to make sure their kids get really good grades and get into a good college and excel on the ball field or on the court or or in the theater or whatever it is. We have a passion for a lot of things, and I'm not saying any of those things are bad. What I'm saying is make sure your passion for their faith is way stronger than all of those other things. It's kind of a pet peeve of mine uh, when parents say, I'm just going to let my kids choose whatever religion they want. Now, I, un I understand that you can't force your kid to become a Christian, and only God can change their hearts. But man, get a passion for their faith. I mean, get passion, uh, seek, to, seek to guide and shepherd your kids the best you can, because it's the most important. If that is the thing that is most important in your life, why would you not want to pass it on to your kids? It's the best gift that you could give them. So have a passion uh, for their faith. Number three, disciple. Teach your kids how to follow Jesus. Now, to disciple, you probably have to be a disciple yourself, right? And, uh, and so I think that this is a challenge for all of us to take our faith serious, to live it out before our kids, and, and then to teach them, and to teach them how to read their Bible and teach them how to pray, and teach them how to stand up for their faith, and teach them how to share the, the, the good news of the gospel with their friends, and how, to, and how to witness, and how to do all these things that are so valuable. Disciple. Train your kids up in the ways of the Lord. You know, we as a church want to help uh, as much as we can, but the, but the person that is most important in discipling a kid's life is their parents, for sure. And uh, so take that responsibility seriously. And then when you think of discipling, understand 
that discipline is very similar to the word disciple. And I think they're close for a reason. When you discipline, that is an opportunity to disciple. Because you're teaching your kids not only what to do, but why to do it. Why it's important. Why did God give this command? God is good in all of his ways. Help, us to un- help your kids to understand. We don't want to do this, not just because it doesn't make me look good as a dad or a mom, but we want to do this because it honors the Lord for this reason and help explain it. You see, when it comes to discipline, we're not so much interested in behavior modification as we are in heart transformation. And so that is what we think about when we think of discipling, of disciplining. Number four, realize that the church is essential. Okay? I just point that out because I think a lot of families, they don't see that as essential anymore. And if you want to try to, if you want your kids to be following Jesus when they're 20 and 30 and 40, and you're minimizing church right now or de-emphasizing it, good luck with that. It's the, the odds are not on your side. The church is so very, very valuable. Uh, parents who make that a priority bear, uh, reap the fruits of that in years uh, to come. And I see so many parents today that if there's a ball game on Sunday morning, and there's church on Sunday morning, they choose the ball game every time. And it's, and it's given out a value system. It's communicating something. And we want to say that God is more important and the, and the church is most valuable. And so take advantage of all the wonderful things we have here at the church, of children's church and of, of the youth group, of the VBS this summer, of the missions trip. These are all opportunities to help uh, continue to impress the, the Lord upon your kids. Number five, pray, pray, and then pray some more. You know, that, that is crucial. To, I got an amen on that one. Thank you, Thelma. Uh, that, that is so good. We want to pray with our kids. We want to pray for our kids. We want to pray in front of our kids. We want to pray when you get in the car and you're going somewhere. You want to pray before they go to school. You want to pray before they go to bed at night. You want to pray all the time. Why? Because one, God answers prayers. Amen? We believe in that. And two, it helps us to be able to impress those values upon them that, they, that we want them to hold dear to their hearts. Every night... Chelsea and I pray for our kids as they go to bed, and, uh, and we pray, God, help them to have good Christian friends. Help them to have one day a good Christian spouse. Help them to live for the Lord. Help them to find their identity in Christ. And, uh, and, and so they'll hear these prayers for 365 days a year until they're 18 or whatever. And hopefully something sticks. And uh, these are the values that we want to impress. So we pray, pray, and then pray some more. Number six is don't be ignorant about the world around us. You know, you have to recognize that the world is actively trying to pull your kids away from Jesus. That, that's, that's the truth. Uh, the, uh, we have to be clear-eyed about this. The world does not love Jesus. In fact, it hates Jesus and it wants to pull your kids away from the Lord. Don't, don't be ignorant about that. Know that. But number seven is 
be brave because Jesus in your child is stronger than the world. Now, even though the world is trying to take our kids away from the Lord, if they receive Jesus and the Holy Spirit lives in them, Jesus is stronger in them than he is in the world. And so that is where we can laugh at the days to come because we know that ultimately they are in God's hands and God is going to watch over them and protect them. That doesn't mean everything is always going to go smooth sailing, but it does mean that God is a God who is faithful. So in light of these seven points, I just want to say thank you to all the moms and the dads for that matter who are seeking to bring their kids up in the ways of the Lord. And uh, that is a wonderful thing. And we want to encourage you and we want to honor you, especially the moms today. We want to honor you and say thank you. And uh, I'm blessed to be married to one of these moms. You know, Proverbs 31.10 that I read uh, at the beginning, it says, uh, a noble, a wife of noble character, who can find it? I'll raise my hand. I found one. Uh, amen. Chelsea's a, Chelsea's a good, godly mom. And uh, I was having a rough day earlier this week, and, uh, and I guess I was showing it on my face because uh, my eight-year-old daughter comes up to me. Her name is Kinsey, and she comes up and says, Daddy, uh, what's wrong? I said, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Kinsey. I'm having a bit of a rough day. And, and you know what my second grader uh, tells me? She says, Daddy, you need to remember 1 Peter 5, 7, which says, cast your anxieties on the Lord, for he cares for you. I'm like, thank you, Kinsey. Uh, that's wonderful. My, my eight-year-old is encouraging me in the Lord. But where does she get that? Well, she gets that from her mom. Uh, her mom is instilling these values in her. In fact, when Chelsea and I were dating, uh, I, and I was trying to figure out, is this the person that God wants me to marry? The most attractive quality, and it is to this day, the most attractive quality about her to me is that she firmly finds her identity in the Lord. Uh, you, it is a very hard to offend this woman. Uh, you, you can say all kinds of mean things and, and do all kinds. Uh, she is so grounded in her relationship with God that it's unbelievable. Uh, that is still her most attractive quality. And I'm so thankful because I see her passing that on to our kids. That they'd have confidence in the Lord. That they'd understand that they are loved by God uh, more than anything else. And so I am so thankful uh, for my wife. Proverbs 31.30 says, Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And Chelsea is beautiful on the outside and the inside. And so I'm so thankful for her. And I'm so thankful when I look out on this room. We have so many women that that is true of. Beautiful on the outside and the inside. And, uh, and, that, and it is especially true when you love the Lord and you seek to bring your kids up in the ways of Jesus. And so thank you and, uh, and God bless you. The bond between, and this is how I want to close today, the bond between a mother and a child is so very precious, so very uh, special. 
There's something uh, that God has hardwired in us that we just love our moms uh, more than anything else. And uh, so I found this video, and I want to just show this because this is my world right now. My son's into youth sports, and uh, this is a video about youth sports that I think is hilarious. And uh, so I'll play this for you, and then I want to say one more thing, and, and then we'll be done. I need you to put your arms out like this. And when I throw the ball, you catch it. You ready? Here we go. Good job. All right. Let's go, team. Come on. Good job. Good job. Go! Go! That's my boy. How's that? Tight. That's how it's supposed to be. You want to be the one giving the hit, not taking it. Go! Somebody I want to give a special shout out to. Hi, Mom! <laughs> Isn't that about right? <laughs> I love that video. That's hilarious. Uh, there's something special about the, uh, the bond between her mom, and, uh, between a mom and her child. And, uh, and that is so very true. I, I love it. And, uh, and that is of the Lord. And so today, on this Mother's Day, we go back to Proverbs 31, and it says, Her children arise and call her blessed. You are blessed today. And uh, her husband also, and he praises her. And so we are praising our wonderful and noble women today. Many, do, many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. And you really do. If you love the Lord and you love your family, you're the best. We love you so much. God bless you today on your special day. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> 